This is the last and final message of storehouses. And it's all about storing up the right things so that we can live a legacy in Christ. And I am convinced that what happens in this session right here could literally be the thing that breaks generations of sin in families can be the very tools given to you to help go back to your home and be the man God's called you to be. God, I thank you. God, I worship you. God, you're powerful. God, you're beautiful. God, I just delight in you. God, there's no other place I'd rather be than just being in your presence. God, anywhere else, it doesn't compare to being with you. God, you are holy. God, you are mighty. God, you are wonderful. God, you are the counselor. God, I pray for my wife. I pray for a covenant, our covenant relationship. God, I pray no weapon would form against Steph and I. God, I pray you'd bless our covenant. God, I pray you'd strengthen our marriage. God, let no lie, let no man, let no woman ever step in the way of Steph and I's marriage. God, would you hide us from the enemy? God, would you protect our marriage from the evil one? God, would you do a work? God, I pray your blessing over my wife. I pray old thought patterns would break off of her life. I pray she'd have revelations of you, God. I pray the dreams you've put inside of her would come to pass. God, I pray over Everly and Malachi. God, I pray you'd protect my children. Hide them from the enemy. God, wait, my kids, may my children have their own encounters with you. Not a faith that comes from dad. Not a faith that comes from mom. But God, may Everly and Malachi, may they have divine encounters. God, would you call them to the orphans? Would you call them to the lost? Would you call them to the brokenness, to the fatherless? God, may my kids grow in wisdom and stature, favor with you and favor with man. God, I thank you for them. God, I pray they'd obey your voice. I pray they'd fall more and more in love with you. Now, God, I pray for breakthroughs. God, I pray for breakthroughs over my sister who can't get pregnant. God, give her a baby. God, I pray for my friend who has cancer. I pray this would be the year that cancer ends in Dom Miller's body. God, I pray for a friend who's losing eyesight. God, I pray to restore eyesight. God, I pray for my friends who are far from you, Trey and Maddie and their newborn baby. God, I pray they'd be found by you. God, I pray they'd fall more in love with you. God, I pray for my friend's marriage who's struggling. God, I pray they'd humble themselves. God, I pray they'd come back together. God, I pray for my friend who's dealing with a financial crisis. God, I pray you'd bring breakthrough into my friend's life who's dealing with financial crisis. God, I pray for my friend who has cancer to bring breakthrough, God, in the issues of cancer. 
God, I pray for this men, the men that are in this room. God, that they would continue to have breakthroughs in their life. They would continue to grow into men that you're calling them to grow in. God, I pray for my home church. I pray for Zoe Church. God, I pray there be breakthroughs in Burnsville. Breakthroughs in Zoe. God, I pray over my lead pastors, Greg and Amber. God, protect them. God, keep them united. God, may the Spirit bring breath into their sails, bring wind into their life. God, may you keep our church humble. Would you keep us far from sin? Would you bring unity, God? May we be a light to the darkness. And God, I pray everywhere I preach, everywhere I go, that breakthroughs would follow, that demonstrations of God's power would follow, that people would forget my name, but God, they would experience breakthroughs with you, Jesus. It would be your name. It would be your voice that they fall in love with. God, may I grow dim, and may you grow bright. God, may I become less and less. May you become more and more. Now, God, I pray for spiritual insight to defeat the enemy. God, show me ahead of time the schemes and the attacks that the devil has on my life. God, give me spiritual insight. Wake me up with dreams. Wake me up with visions. Put friends, prophetic words in my life to help keep me away from the plans of the enemy. God, would you give me insight, spiritual depth, spiritual wisdom. And now, God, I pray for people who I know that are lost, people who are far from you. God, I pray for Nick Reese. I pray for Alex Ritchie. I pray for Brooks. I pray for Tom. I pray for Mike McDonald, God. I pray for Ken and Jamar. God, I pray my neighbors would come to know you, Jesus. God, I pray for Brittany, my neighbor next door who needs healing in her body. God, she's been fighting this disease for years. The doctors say there's no cure. God, would you bring a miracle? God, would you show up and show up in her life? God, for my lost friends to be found, my lost friends to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, God, I pray for blessing. I pray for your favor, not just over my ministry, but God, I pray for Reggie Dabbs. I pray for Eric Samuelton, Terrence Talley, Chris Dew, Bryce Stamey, Noah Heron, Aaron Holt, Ty Buckingham. God, I pray for the evangelists who are out traveling on the road. God, hide them from the enemy. Build their lives. May they live in lives with integrity. May you protect their ministries. Would you bless their ministries? Would your favor be over Alan Griffin? Would your favor be over these guys? Would you bless them, God? And Lord, may we experience the favor of God on our ministry. God, I never want to be able to say it was because of Micah, but I want to be able to declare the power and faithfulness of God, how you led us where we were supposed to go. God, help us to go where you want us to go. Help us to be who you want us to be. Not my will be done, but your will be done. God, I will go anywhere, and I commit this ministry that I get to lead to you, and I pray that the windows of heaven would be opened up in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All I wanted to do was begin to model for you on what it can look like to every day go into a room, shut the door behind you, and begin to cry out to Jesus. You want to know a man that lives a legacy in Christ? It's a man who knows how to pray. Leonard Ravenhill, a revival prayer, wrote many books. He said this, he was a pastor. 
He said, over the years of me being a pastor, I spent two-thirds of my time studying scripture for sermons. I spent one-third of my time praying. He said, if I could do it all over again, I spent two-thirds of my time praying and one-third of my time studying the scriptures for a message. The work is prayer. And isn't it interesting that the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Why wasn't it? Teach us how to preach better sermons. Teach us how to be better people. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Why? Could it be that the number one thing they saw Jesus doing most wasn't the miracles, wasn't the preaching, wasn't the feeding of the 5,000, wasn't the demon casting? What if what they saw Jesus do most was prayer? Jesus started his ministry hungry. And he ended his ministry thirsty. If the Son of God needed to pray and fast, how much more do you and I need to pray and fast? You want to see breakthroughs break off your home? You want to see breakthroughs break off your family? Learn how to pray and fast. Prayer and fast wasn't suggestions to how to follow Jesus. These were things that Jesus said when you pray, when you fast. And he gave clear instruction. When you pray, go to your bedroom and shut the door behind you. And what your heavenly father sees you doing in secret, he will reward. When was the last time someone walked in on you praying? When was the last time the kids heard you crying out to Jesus? When was the last time your wife heard you shut the door and begin to cry out for your marriage? We need men who will seek the face of God, who will shut the door in their bedrooms and cry out to Jesus. A dangerous man is a prayerful man. A dangerous man who looks to destroy the works of the devil is a man who's full of the Spirit, is a man who prays regularly, is a man who gives to the poor. I can't change my kids I can't change my spouse, but I can go to God in prayer, knowing full well that every time I seek his face, that God will always change me. And some of us need to stop pointing the fingers and start pointing it back at us and saying, God, change my heart. God, give me compassion to love again. God, make my heart soft again. Everything that I've been able to see and witness hasn't been because of my cunningness or craftiness of words. No, I am but a feeble jar of clay. But it's only because of the power of Jesus. I step into God's grace. I start from his victory every day. And men, I'm telling you, when you learn how to cry out to Jesus in the secret place, things will begin to happen in your public life. Things will begin to shift in your life. I can't tell you how many times through prayer God has given me spiritual insight to defeat the enemy. The whole reason why God gives us insight is so we can go to him who's the victor to bring the breakthrough. You notice how I hit three categories of prayer. I started off with praising God. And then I went after my family. No one will outpray for my family than me. I am the spiritual leader of my home. I am the man of the house. 
I thank God for people who feel compelled to pray for my family, and I welcome it. But as the man of my house, I am called to pray for my wife. I'm called to pray for my kids. You notice how I began to ask God for breakthroughs. Jesus wanted to teach you two things before he came back a second time. He says, I want to teach you how to pray, and I want to teach you how to never give up. In Luke 18, he talks about him coming a second time. He says, I want to teach you how to pray, and I want to teach you how to never give up. Over half the life of following Jesus is learning how to never give up when it gets hard. But when you hold and cling to Jesus, you will watch the glory he gets through a feeble man who isn't great in himself, but has the greatness of God inside of him. You notice how I went with breakthroughs. Did you hear the breakthroughs that I needed? I needed God's breakthrough in my neighbor. I needed God's neighbor. I needed God's breakthrough through my friends who have cancer. I needed God's breakthrough for my sister. I needed God's breakthrough for someone else who has pregnancy issues. Men, We're called to stand in the gap and with faith agree with Jesus. You want to know what prayer is? Prayer is practice for ruling and reigning with Jesus. Did you know what your final outcome is? It's ruling and reigning with Jesus with the new heavens and the new earth. That's your assignment. He called us to steward and to speak now and one day forever with him. The greatest strategy... It's not prayers that are unanswered. It's a man that offers no prayers at all. What men in the room will find a place every day that they can go in their room, shut the door where no one sees, and they begin to cry out to Jesus. Oh, I'm too busy for that. And that potentially could be you. Do you realize the prayers you and I pray literally have zero expiration date? You want to talk about legacy? It's when you agree with God and you agree and you pray and cry out to Him that your prayers begin to outlast you and they seep into your kids' lives. It seeps into your grandkids and your great-grandkids. And for generations to come, you get to watch a spiritual legacy associated to an imperfect man, no, but to the most perfect Savior, Jesus. I'm convinced if men were to know how to pray, societies would change, cities would change, churches would change but yet we discount the effort of prayer and not realizing that God's kingdom wasn't through brute force it was through meekness it was through being poor in spirit it was through being pure in heart it was through being persecuted it was through being humble and it was through something as ordinary as praying yeah You want to know what prayer is? Prayer is a form of helplessness. Saying, God, I can't, but you can. In your successes, getting on your knees, God, I can't do this even in my successes. In your failures, God, I can't do this even in my failures. 
prayer is a powerful weapon and fasting fasting wasn't meant to be a part of a church in the first week of the year fasting was meant to be a discipline in your life what is fasting you give up food and you sacrifice something so that you can be emptied and God can come and fill I've watched God do more through prayer and fasting than anything else in my entire life. So much so that we do a 40-day fast in prayer in the beginning of the year, a 40-day fast before summer camps, and a 40-day fast in the fall before youth conventions. And that fast is different based on the time and what I'm sensing, but I never want to get away from this discipline of when Jesus said, when you pray, and when you fast. Listen to me, men. Prayer and fast can never save you. Prayer and fasting can't even cleanse you. Only the blood of Jesus can save you. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse you. Only the blood of Jesus can heal you. You are not saved by your works, but you did receive a free gift that you didn't earn for good works. For prayer and fasting learning how to catch his heart I remember praying for a man that started before me remember when I said prayers don't have an expiration date well back when my dad was serving the Lord and on fire for Jesus my dad prayed for a car mechanic who was a military vet went in the wars and fought in the wars swore like a sailor Anytime my dad would bring up Jesus, he'd say, oh, forget that, man. I'm not about Jesus. The hardest of men, hardest of hearts. My dad would pray for him every day. God, I pray he'd come to know you. God, I pray he'd be saved. God, I pray he'd be found. My dad died in a motorcycle accident in 2009. Never got to see his friend come to know Jesus. He's a car mechanic. My family had been given his cars for years to have him fix it. Well, one day I go to his shop. He does something out of the ordinary. He looks at me. He goes, Micah, would you mind praying for me? My eyes get big. This isn't like him. What's going on? He said, Micah, I found out I have cancer. Stage four. I looks like I don't have much left to live. Would you pray for me? I looked at him. I said, hey. I'm going to pray and fast every day and we're going to watch God do a miracle in your life. I can't wait to see it. Every day I'd pray and fast for Rich. God, heal my friend. God, heal him because when you heal him, he's going to give his life to you. He's going to surrender to you. Every day, pray and fast. I get a call from Rich. He says, Micah, he says, it's getting worse. Two liters of fluid a day are draining from my lungs. I go to the hospital where he's all hooked up to machines. I'm about to leave. He says, Micah, I have a question for you. I said, yeah, what's that? He said, what are your thoughts on Mormonism? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I have a guy who comes to my shop who's a Mormon. He said he wanted to come to my house and pray for me. And so I let him come. He did this weird prayer thing. What does this all mean? I understand now what Rich was trying to ask. I said, Rich, I can't give you every detail about Mormonism, 
but can I tell you about the gospel? He said, yeah, Micah, tell me about this gospel. Rich, here's the deal. Have you made mistakes? Oh, yeah. Micah, you don't want to hear the list of mistakes I've made in my life. Yeah, Rich, same here. You want to know what that makes us, Rich? What is it, Micah? It makes us sinners. Rich goes, yeah, that's me. I'm the biggest sinner. I said, you want to know what the good news is, Rich? Is that while you and I were busy sinning and messed up, there was a God who loved us so much that he gave up his one and only son, Jesus, to take the death that you and I deserve of our sin so that, Rich, we could have a right relationship with Jesus. As I'm describing this, he's crying. This grown man with a hard heart begins weeping. I said, Rich, do you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? He just says, yes, yes. And right there on his deathbed, I pray for Rich to receive Jesus. After he gets done praying with me, he goes, Micah, this is the most glorious moment of my entire life. I knew a miracle was coming. Surely God was now going to heal him. Two days later, he took his final breath and passed away. I was praying for a healing. My dad had been praying for salvation. Little did I know that God would use the prayers of a man already dead and his own son to pray for a healing. But the healing my friend received was the greatest healing any man could receive, receiving Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. Don't you see what life is all about? It's about seeing the lost found. It's about seeing God's kingdom expanded here on earth through you. A couple hundred people filled an auditorium for his funeral. And that day I watched a couple hundred of his friends surrender to Jesus too. God multiplied the prayer for one man to see hundreds of men come to know him. Who are you praying for? What lost friends are you interceding for? Because here's the deal. When Jesus comes back a second time, he's going to say, did I find faith on the earth? Was there faith in you? What are you believing God for? What are you asking God about? What breakthroughs do you want to see? And then, men, it's good to pray the favor of God over your life and over those in your life to pray for pastors, to pray for other churches, to pray for people. After all, doesn't Paul say pray in the Spirit on all occasions? Pray for all saints everywhere. Pray for everyone. Men, prayer isn't confined to a room. Prayer is everywhere you walk. Prayer is everywhere you step. Praying under the Spirit. Praying under your breath. Ready for every opportunity God brings your way. You want to see a man live a legacy in Christ, then you will find a man 
who takes the words of Jesus and stores up the word of God. You will find a man who goes and gets wisdom and gets everything to go and get it. You will find a man who runs from sexual immorality and desires purity. You will find a man who's committed to pray and fast, knowing full well that it's God's methods to bring his glory on the earth. And my last and final one that I end with tonight, today, the last thing to store up is be a man who stores up generosity, a man who looks to give. If you're not tithing, God's called you to tithe, to give your best to the church. We can spend the rest of our life saying, what can I get? Or we can spend the rest of our life like Jesus did, who said, what can I give? What can I give away? May we be men who are defined like Cornelius, a Gentile man who says and described a man who regularly prayed and a man who was generous to the poor. If at my funeral someday, someone grabs the microphone and says, man, if I could describe Micah, he was a man who prayed. He was a man who gave generously. He was a man who was full of faith. He was a man who was full of the Spirit. He was a man who was faithful to his wife. Man, that's enough. You're not too late to begin doing this right now. And all the things that you feel like are too big to forgive of a past, then you don't know our God. But he loves to redeem the past and give you a hope. I am so thrilled with how we're ending today's message and the practical step of what we as men are going to do in the room. If you want to know what God's heart is, his heart's not just for America. He is the God of the nations. He is the God of the, every tribe, tongue, and people group. Men, the reason why missions exist is because worship doesn't. God said that the nations would worship him. I came to remind a bunch of men in the room what our goal was in following Jesus. Take a look at this video on the screen. I'm in Cairo, Egypt right now, and it's been just an amazing, amazing story getting here and just amazing experience just being around the people. Stepping off the plane when we got here, um, walking into the terminal here in, in Cairo and looking around, it was surreal. And, and you get off the airplane and, and you get into the city that is just like so packed with people. There, like, there's people everywhere. I, I see the city, all these people, 25 million people in this area, and I just need to focus on one person at a time. Just this resonating phrase in my spirit that is everybody a soul. They're human and they they care about people. These people had no problem sitting us down and playing games, sitting us down and providing a meal or, or providing drinks. And, and to me, that's where it hit me that I was like, these people are no different than you and I. Trying to go through their day, trying to be good, good people. Um, they're just blinded to the truth. And just, just really God showed me, like, I created these guys. 
and I love them just as much as I love you. We heard the call to prayer. Uh, and without Christ, without hope, without Jesus stepping in, those people are lost forever. And they're lost in eternity. And it broke my heart for those people. It broke my heart in a way that I wasn't prepared for, in a way that I didn't expect, in a way that I still am not quite sure how to process. But I know that there's a hope for them. I know there's an answer for these people, and that answer is Jesus. And I have struggled with this trip being like, God, I'm only one person. What can I do? Like, why am I here? And maybe that's me needing to step out in faith more. Maybe that's me saying I need to take a hold of that calling that God gave me. It doesn't really matter what our position is as long as we're answering the call of God in our own lives. God's continually wrecking my heart in this area of reaching out, of sharing, of reaching the unreached. I have to be willing to let God break my heart for people and to go beyond my comfort zone, to go beyond what I think I can do. I'm ready to abandon the normal, abandon what I know, what I, what's comfortable for me. I'm ready to abandon all that so that other people can have life, so that other people can know Jesus Christ. It starts with obedience. What are you going to be obedient about? Where, where are you going to start? Where's your foundation? What has God called you to? What is God speaking to you? How is God challenging you? Be ready to walk through whatever doors he opens, whatever that may look like, whatever that may be, and know that he has a plan and that he is with you. Be ready to be challenged and to step out and get out of the comfortable. If you truly want to be used by God, you can't have control of any part of your life. Because as long as something is in your hands, God can't use it. If you want God to use you, you have to fully trust Him. You have to fully give your life to Him. You have to give control of every area. Continue to surrender your heart to what God wants to speak to you. Not to live a life for yourself or for your own gain, but to live dead. It's crazy that 42% of the world has never heard the name of Jesus. Forty-two percent of the world has never heard the name of Jesus. As long as there is breath in my lungs, I will do everything in my ability to see that number change. Do you realize the impact of a man when, like what the video said, he doesn't decide to hold on to life, but he has an open hand and he lets God use what's in his hand to make a difference. The principle of giving generously the principle that God uses to change the world. After all, don't you remember? It was because of a heavenly father who was so generous that he gave Jesus. 
there was a young boy who was in Cairo, Egypt for language school. A girl out of my youth group was there as a missionary. She invited these group of Muslim kids inside her home. This boy saw a Bible for the first time. He said, what's that? She goes, it's a Bible. He goes, what's a Bible? She began to tell him what a Bible was. She said, hey, would you ever be open to hearing more about the Bible? He said, yeah. So they met at a coffee shop. She brought a Muslim friend who just recently come to know Jesus. And when they're at the coffee shop, this Muslim friend begins sharing her testimony, how she came to believe in Jesus and no longer follow Allah. And this boy is listening wide-eyed to the story of Jesus. And then this young girl out of our youth group, before she came, she prayed and asked God to give her a prophetic word to speak to this boy. You want to know what the prophetic word God gave her was? She said, tell this young kid that God is a good, good father. You want to know what she didn't know about this boy that she was meeting? Is this boy grew up in a country called Turkmenistan. And his dad was a religious leader who'd go and teach the Quran in the mosque and come home. And when the dad would come home, he'd beat his wife. He'd beat his son. This dad didn't have a good father figure. In fact, he was beginning to question, why would Allah be real? Why is the Quran real when I have a dad who teaches this thing but abuses our family? This young girl out of our youth group who's a missionary, she looked at him and she said, hey, I feel like God wants me to say something to you. He said, what is it? She said, God wants you to know that he's a good, good father. And right when she said that, this boy just broke down. This boy shortly after decided to get baptized and give his life to Christ. And the sign, the true sign of when a Muslim follows Jesus is when a Muslim gets baptized, not when they believe he's Lord. They're at a coffee shop and he's getting discipled with the Bible open. And in come these South Korean students. And they stop these South Korean kids in the middle of Egypt. And they say, hey, why are you in Egypt? And these South Korean kids said, we're on a missions trip. We're telling people about Jesus. This kid who just gave his life to Christ has this mind-blowing revelation. He looks at the missionary and says, hold on. There's other people that don't look like us that believe in Jesus? Like there's other people around the world that believe in this same person named Jesus? The boy was shocked. And he was shocked to hear that there were kids from South Korea going to Egypt to tell people about Jesus. And then this boy said something that wrecked me. How come no one's come to my country to tell my people about Jesus? How come no one's come to my country? And then this young missionary woman said, why don't you be the first person to go back to your country and tell them about Jesus. This boy went back home and started leading his friends to Jesus one by one in a way that he knew how to communicate. You want to know how this starts, men? It starts by men in the room who catch God's heart for everyone, everywhere. Who was the gospel for? It was for everyone. Where was it meant to go? It was meant to go everywhere. And when you live a life with an open hand and you don't look to store up for treasure for your own life, 
so you don't look to store up treasure in a tent in your own way. You notice how Matthew 6 talks about giving, prayer, and fasting. Do you know what Jesus says just after giving, prayer, and fasting? Verse 19, Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Every time you give generously, you are storing up treasure for a life that will live a legacy in Christ, a life that's unshakable, a life that's immovable. You can't take your money with you. You can't bring your inheritance with you. All of that is left behind. But what you can bring with you is the prayers that outlast you, is the generosity that's stored up in heaven for your life, for other people that come to know Jesus. Those are the things that end up leaving a legacy in Christ. Today, we're closing by taking an offering for Light for the Lost. Every dollar given today is going to be used to see other people reached. And today, men, this is when faith gets real. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's easy to sing a worship song. It's easy to come to an altar. It's a lot harder when God asks us to give. I want you to give generously. There's going to be a text to give behind me. Here's the deal. Every man in the room needs to find out where they can start their own prayer room. Somewhere in your house you can go every day where you bring your Bible, you bring your journal. Men, I'm telling you, when you live this out, you begin to begin to be equipped for every good work that he's called you to do. All you are is a jar of clay where the light and treasure of Christ lives in you. Men, His grace is for you. His love is for you. And we serve a God who finds you and I so that we might go and find somebody else. So that we might go and seek and save the lost. And make disciples. God, I thank you for a powerful weekend in your presence. And I know for a fact that the enemy is going to try to get at these men when they get home. Even in their cars, going to try and say how this wasn't real, how this was fake. God, I pray the seeds that have been sown this weekend will last forever. God, I pray the seeds from the word of God would be root and take root to a deep level, God, so that it might reap a harvest a hundred times beyond them. Lord, we were never called to build our own kingdoms, but we were called down to lay down ours, to take up yours, and to be the men of God you're calling us to be. God, I pray every dollar giving in this offering would be used to impact thousands around the world. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to remember that we're just dirt. To dirt we return. To remember that we're carriers of your presence, just jars of clay to remember that you never called us to do this alone, but to be in community, to give, to serve in our church. God, I thank you that you made a way in men's lives where strongholds were. God, that you made a way for us to speak and to steward the things you've given us under our care. God, we weren't meant for sin. 
we weren't meant for shame and hiding. And I thank you this weekend, there was a light that erupted and darkness flee, darkness left. God, I thank you that we're gonna be men who store up your word. God, we're gonna be men who go after wisdom, who make wise choices, who ask you for wisdom. God, we're gonna be a man who run from sexual immorality. And God, I thank you that when we pray, that when we give, and when we fast, there's a treasure that could never be stolen that's laid up in heaven with you. And the rewards we experience, both here and now, will always be for your glory.